0: bless the Lord let's pray Father we just thank you for your sweet sweet presence here God I thank you that you are moving in our day in our generation God I thank you that what you put in motion no man can stop and what you call done is done and so Father we just give you all the worship, all the honor, all the praise, I, Father. I thank you this morning that uh, you'll give me words to speak. Amen. 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 Wow, I'm still stuck in in worship <laughs> yeah. at the name of Jesus. Wow, yeah. I uh, I didn't. Ex- I feel the presence of the Lord whenever we get together, but something happened just now that I'm 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 still I'm I'm kind of. <clears throat> in awe of, yeah, and just trying to say, God, you know, what are you what are you saying and doing? We just keep coming. Yeah. I know that there is a brooding of the Holy Spirit in this day and this hour. I say brooding because in Genesis 1 and 2, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. And then... It says in verse 2, the earth, the earth was out was, was without form and void, or there was, there was destruction on the earth. So there's a big gap between 1 and 2. But it says that, following that, the Spirit of the Lord brooded or hovered over, over the waters. And then God began to bring forth new life and creation. And I just feel like we're in a moment where God is brooding and about to bring forth. And r- really, it's it's a time for us to have ears to hear and eyes to see, and to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. Um, there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening. I mean, we, we've seen, we saw what was going on with uh, at Asbury College. Uh, we've seen it in the past, but there's, it's just more. Um, you know, there's, uh, it's often said that the Holy Spirit kind of comes in waves. Sometimes, you know, the Bible talks about the beginning of birth pangs. And birth pangs come like in waves they start and they subside and they start and then they come more with more frequency and more intensity until the point of birth is given and Jesus described in the gospel that there would be birth pangs on the earth and he said you know it's there's a preparation for both the great and the terrible <clears throat> day and i i, I just believe that day is drawing closer Whether it's my lifetime, the lifetime of my children or my grandchildren, I don't know, but I know it's getting closer. And He wants us to prepare our hearts. And He wants us to prepare our hearts because He wants to pour out His glory like never before. And it's just, it's important that. As God's glory increases, that it's it's not treated as common, it's not treated as um, casual, but there's well, a holiness that as we sense this now, Leviticus chapter ten, verse three. The context here is that the glory of God was coming down um, on the the children of Israel and the sons of Aaron, it says, instead of worshiping God the way they were instructed because God gave Moses very explicit instructions on how to approach him, on how he was to be worshipped, it says the sons of Aaron, I don't know, maybe they got excited and but it says they decided to offer up strange fire. And it was strange because it was not what God had prescribed. And, and, and because of that, with the glory present and coming down, when they approached with strange fire, they were stricken dead. And it's very sobering. But Leviticus 10.3 says, Moses said to Aaron, after his two sons were just stricken, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. And so Moses instructed Aaron, don't even mourn, because it would be dishonoring. The Lord is going to be pouring out his glory, and it's important that we... Properly perceive and understand what's going on. And and I really feel like I feel like this is a John the Baptist type message where it's prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, and he's purifying us to receive the glory. Now we've been praying for it. We've been praying for an outpouring of the Spirit. And to see the move of God, and I'm excited because it's about to happen. But I just feel like the Lord is saying to us, prepare your hearts now so that you can be vessels of honor, fit for the master's use. This is what I, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 33, verse 5 and 6, I want to read from the NIV. Isaiah chapter 33, verses 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation of your times. Other translations say he will be the stability of your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Let me say that last part again. the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. There, it, the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord, when the fear of the Lord grips you, nothing you won't, you don't want to touch anything that would offend His presence. It's, it's, it's not an outward holiness, it's an inward holiness. It's a holiness that says, God, I want you more than anything else. If there's anything that you don't like, I don't want it near me. And it causes us to depart from evil. I found it encouraging. My wife was... uh, out in Harrisburg at Life Center for, it used to be called their, their Firestorm Conference. Now they call it something else. I've forgotten what they call it. Draw near. I like that, draw near. Because this is, this is a message about drawing near to God. This, because he wants us to draw near. But he wants you to prepare your heart. Why? So that you can draw near. Right? Because, you know, all through the Old Testament, we read, you know, no one can even see God and live. And But we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We've been made clean and pure. And so we get to draw near. The veil has been torn. But he's still holy, and he's still awesome. He's still the creator of the universe. And we can't be casual in our approach. Um, he's, he's drawing us. So when my wife was at, at Life Center in Harrisburg, Todd White was speaking at one of the sessions, and he was commenting, how many saw the Jesus Revolution movie? All right, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. It's awesome. It's exciting. It's just, uh, it's, it's a story of the, the Jesus people movement, what happened in the 70s and eight, early 80s, and, uh, I, and God's about to do it again. The reason you want to see it is because you, you're going to start to prepare for what God's about to do and is doing, and and It's exciting. But <laughs> at one point, they were baptizing, like, it was, like, 500 people every month down in, in the ocean um, in, I don't know, somewhere in California, in Southern California. And uh, just all hippies, counterculture people coming in and shaking up the, the, the church at the time, which much of the church was very reserved and, you know, suit and tie, and you had a, um, you know, and then they, they were coming in barefoot, you know, bell bottoms, just crazy, dressed up, you know, and, and but, but God did an amazing thing, and he's about to do it again. Anyway, Todd White made a statement that was very encouraging to me. He said, I believe God's about to do this whole Jesus uh, people movement again. He's going to pour out his spirit but this time, it's, there's going to be an emphasis on the fear of the Lord. And that ministered to my heart because it's, it's, it's what God's been speaking to me. And, um, and I, it's been transformative in, in just just how I'm approaching God and, and my whole understanding. And, and it, it's, it's awesome. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. You know, it's interesting, <laughs> when Jesus died on a cross, rose again, he gave instructions to his disciples, and he said, go into all the world, preach this gospel, you know, to all the nations, etc., etc. And so the gospel was given to man to preach. The people only get saved when, when men preach the gospel. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we share our testimony, and because and, we are his messengers. But at the very end of the age, uh, in Revelation 14, it's interesting. This is the only time I've seen this, but an angel actually gets to share the gospel. Verses 14, uh, Revelation chapter 14, 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth. And he proclaimed it to every nation tribe, language, and people, he said in a loud voice, fear God. Give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. We have to remember, God is the creator of all the universe. He, He is awesome. I mean, it's wonderful you know, we need to know our identity as sons and daughters, but we also need to keep in mind that he is the awesome, omnipotent, all-powerful, almighty God, and, and just tremble to a, to, to a certain extent. It's not to be afraid of God, but to just to know he is God. He is God. And so what does the angel preach? He preaches fear God and give him glory. It's interesting in Romans, it says in, in the first chapter of Romans that uh, though they knew God, they failed to glorify him as God and worship the creature more than the creator. And this is sort of just, and this is exactly the opposite, right? The angel's preaching just the opposite. Fear God, worship him because he made everything, and, and and give him glory, give him thanks. There's a proper order uh, for bearing the presence of the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was associated with the Tent of Meeting, the Ark of the Covenant. David established the Tabernacle of David. He established this big tent where they put the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where God's presence was to be found, right? And they they set up uh, the inner courts and the outer courts and the Holy of Holies and you could only go into the Holy of Holies only if you were the high priest and only once a year uh, bearing the sacrifice. And they would tie a rope around the ankle of the priest because they were afraid he might not make it out in the presence of God. If he had any, if he had any defilement, uh, any sin in his life, he might be stricken dead. That's the presence of God was to be feared. Jesus toward you know when jesus went to the cross he took all of our sin our sickness our failures our our iniquities he took it all on himself on the cross shed his blood to wash us of all of that he was the the worthy lamb of god and when he said it was finished and he he, he gave up his spirit and died it says the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom meaning that which separated us from the presence of God was now torn, meaning there was access to the throne of God. So we can have access to the very presence of God. It's just awesome. But with that access, we need to understand that there is a, there's still a proper order for bearing the presence. No longer was the temple of God going to be a physical location, but the temple of God was going to be each and every one of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to reside in us. Now, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us to maturity. And one of the ways he's going to to bring us to maturity is we embrace the fear of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. The fear of the Lord, it's 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 a purifying fire. So he's going to start to work within our hearts. For God's about to reveal his glory on earth like it's never been seen before. I, this, I, I so feel like this is a John the Baptist message. I'm not claiming to be John the Baptist. I'm just saying this message is to prepare the way of the Lord. Numbers 14.21. I'm reading from the New King James. Sorry I keep switching on, here. I kind of look at the different translations. 14.21, it says, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. When God made this statement, he was grieved by the fact that the people would not believe or obey him. The implication is that there's going to come a time in the future when his people will fear him and therefore unconditionally obey him. These believers will manifest his glory for they would be the temple of his glory. Truly as I live, the Lord said, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Later God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 3. This is what's coming. I mean, we've seen it in part. I'm not going to say it hasn't come. It has come, but it continues to come, and it's increasing. That's what you have to, you know, it's, it's important for us to understand. It's not like a one-time event. Even, Even when you talk about a tidal wave or a tsunami, it doesn't come as one wave that wipes everything out. There's a series of increasing intensive waves that keep coming and keep coming, and it actually... You know, it causes devastation, right, to, to, to all the land that gets covered. But it's not, sometimes we think of just as one, you see it in Hollywood, it's a huge wave. That's not how it works. There's a series of intensifying waves, one after another that just keeps advancing and advancing. And I really believe that like birth pangs, like waves, this is, this is what's happening. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the earth. Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3, arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Notice that Isaiah says, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, yet... We have also heard this described as the latter rain. You know that there'll be a latter rain outpouring. Um, I think in Zechariah it says, "Pray, you know that the Lord is going to pour out both the former and the latter rain in the first month." Um, I was reading John Bevere's book, and he poshly said, "Could the release of the latter rain be compared to the flood of Noah?" The Bible said all the foundations of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. This is Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. His restored glory will arise on those who have prepared their hearts for him. Wow. And it will fall upon the nations of the world. No city will be unaffected by this latter rain outpouring of his spirit. It's coming. And he's looking for vessels who are prepared to carry his glory. God says his glory will be restored to his people and even unbelievers will be drawn to its light. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, turn with me to Amos nine eleven. 11 a very familiar passage to those who have been part of our ministry for a while—a house of prayer ministry. <laughs> Amos 9:11 says, "On that day, I'm going to rise up, the t- raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old." The tabernacle of David <laughs> was a, was a, was where David established. For worship and praise, and it went on for for years and years, even past David's lifetime. And there were thousands of musicians and singers just dedicated to praise and worship 24/7 to the Lord. And David pulled into an Old Testament dispensation, a New Testament reality, with the presence of God. It was just phenomenal. Okay, God's glory is being restored to the church, and it will exceed the glory of the days of David. The Apostle James quoting this, this scripture to, to the leaders of the church at the time in Acts, Acts 15, verses 14 to 18. James said, Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who does all these things. Known to God from eternity, they are his works. It's interesting that James stopped there. James saw this great harvest of believers coming into the kingdom with the restoration of God's glory. He speaks prophetically, but it's interesting because he didn't complete Amos' message. For for the rest of that message, specifically applied to our time. Let's see the completion of Amos' message. Let's look to Amos 9.13 and turn there with me. God says, the har- the harvest, I'm sorry, behold, Amos 9.13, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes. Him who so, I'm sorry, let me just read this again. The days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. So God's saying that the harvest is going to be so abundant that the reap and the reaper so loaded with work that he will not be able to complete the work before the plowman comes along to prepare the fields for the new season. The New Living Translation says it this way. Is 9.13. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Simply put, God's describing a harvest so abundant it will be over- overwhelming. Glory to God. Watch for this day for it's rapidly approaching. The time is short. Do not Resist his purifying work and neglect the knowledge of the Lord. It's coming. The outpouring. The Jesus Revolution movie, where they just saw a massive number of hippies, counterculture people strung out on drugs, just coming into the church. And the church at the time not knowing how to handle them are we going to be ready are we going to be ready when they just they're just coming are we going to be ready when you go on outreach and more people want you to pray for them than you can even get to instead of trying to get ones and twos all of a sudden they're just pray for me pray for me like are we ready God, make us ready. God, make us ready. It's a cry of the Spirit sounded out of the church. This is the message. Prepare the way of the Lord by making his people ready for his glory. This is coming. God, make us ready. As God restores his glory, let us be wise. We need to learn from the past. We need to learn from from David and his men. We need to learn from what happened with Moses and Aaron and and Nadab and Abihu. Those were the ones who offered strange fire. When the glory of the Lord increases, like sometimes his mercy is not to pour out his glory on you. I mean, we asked for it, show me your glory, and we were praying for it today. and, And sometimes his mercy is you're not quite ready for it. I want to do a work in your heart first so that when my glory comes, you are vessels created unto honor that can host the very presence of God and that will churn the whole world upside down. You know, when we sang the name of Jesus, And they were commanded, don't preach in that name because that name has power. That name is awesome. That name launched the church and it hasn't stopped working. That name, 2,000 years later, is still at work. And God is restoring God restores his glory, let us be wise let's learn Romans 15 forces whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we may see, perceive and understand and and apply it to our lives so when we see this story of Abihu and and, uh, Abinadab offering I think I got their names right (laughs) if not you can correct me but Offering strange fire, let's not approach the Lord with what we think is a good idea. Let's approach him the way he says to approach him. Let's, you know, you enter his gates with thanksgiving, you enter his courts with praise. You give him honor, due his name. And you you glorify him as God, the creator of heaven and earth. This, this Fear of the Lord is a is a purifying cleansing fire. And he wants to restore to the church a healthy fear of the Lord. It doesn't fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of God. Fear of the Lord is to walk in a reverence for who he is and not a cat not be casual about his presence. Just to be in awe of who he is and And allow the fear of the Lord, I really believe that when you invite the presence, when you invite the fear of the Lord into your life, it's going to cause those things that have been besetting you, besetting sins, to fall away. You see, we allow certain things in our lives over time. It's a compromise that we just, we kind of, we make peace with things we should not make peace with. And we just say, well, God changed me or... You know, this is the way I am, and it, it's okay, and, and God will forgive me. You know, the scripture says, should I continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, grace is there, and if you sin, he's faithful, in, and you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't want any condemnation, but don't take grace as a license to continue in sin. Grace is an ability to... to to not sin it's it's the divine enablement and the power of god inside us now i think what we've lacked in turning from some of these besetting sins is a real fear of the lord like if we had a fear of god saying this is separating me from god and if i allow this to take root in my life and and fully develop it will it will take me out of my salvation. Like, you don't want to be overcome with sin. It will absolutely destroy your life, your relationships, and everything else that God has planned for you. But the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord will cause you to to shun it. This is is the word of the Lord, I believe, for the church at this time and this hour. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I want to close with this one scripture. God is pouring out His Spirit. We can see it happening. We've seen it happen before. We saw it happen in Toronto in the '90s. We saw the outpouring in Pensacola, Florida. We've seen a recent outpouring in Asbury. Just pockets of what the Lord's doing. This, these are just birth pangs. These are just early uh, waves. But there's more coming. There's more coming. And and I, I felt like the Lord even just a couple of weeks ago as in the middle of worship, I felt like the Lord saying, he's not going to pass us by. We're going to experience an increased measure, an increased measure. And and if you've been here for the last few weeks, you're, you'll be, you will have sensed, I have sensed, an increased measure of the presence of the Lord. He's coming, and it's increasing and increasing. Now, turn with me. This is the last scripture. Romans 13, 11 to 14. I want to read this scripture, but I want to ask you to do something for me. As I read this, I want you to internalize it. I want you to speak, to take this as the word of the Lord to you. Each and every one of us, to me, I'm going to read it to myself, but take this as the word of the Lord to you. And do this knowing that the time, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now, for now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. This is the word of the Lord. Can we all stand? Holy Spirit, come.